Express FM. Supported by the University of Portsmouth. We are passionately Pompey. New beginnings, look forward, work together to create a Portsmouth football club that we can all be proud to be associated with. Pure, unadulterated Pompey. It's a massive club, it's a massive opportunity for me. I know this atmosphere is special. I can't wait to see you at Full House and it rocking. Action and reaction. This is Shoes Football Club. We're here to be hopefully successful. The infrastructure is changing, so really we want to start pushing forward and making Portsmouth a real force. Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's a club with a rich tradition, a rich heritage, but one that has an excellent relationship with its supporters. This is the Football Hour. The one team that stands out that's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan base that is amazingly passionate, is Portsmouth. FA Cup heartbreak for Pompey on Saturday night. The cross is going to come in. There's three waiting. It must be in. And Harrogate have stolen it in the 94th minute. Harrogate are going to the third round of the FA Cup for the first time. And it's Jack Diamond who side puts it into the corner. Jack Diamond was a cut above the rest at the weekend, scoring Harrogate's winner with the last kick of the game at Fratton Park. On tonight's show, we'll not only hear the thoughts of my two guests, but from Danny Cowley too. We're bitterly disappointed. I thought we got what we deserved. Credit to Harrogate. I thought they fought. They showed togetherness and spirit, and it was a real underdog performance and thoroughly deserved. Jeff Harris and Frankie Rudland will be live with me through until 7 o'clock this evening, but we also want to hear from you back home as well. 81400 is our text number. Start those with the word express. You can email Pompey at expressfm.com, tweet using at expressfm, or head on over to facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. A very good evening to Express FM. You're listening to the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Welcome to yet another instalment of the Football Hour here on Express FM, brought to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South. Download the app now from either the Apple app or Google Play Store to locate your nearest stop. On tonight's show, we've got full reaction to Saturday's FA Cup exit. We've also got the post-match thoughts of the Blues head coach. And we'll also throw it forward to tomorrow's league match against Sheffield Wednesday. Did Pompey take their foot off the pedal at the weekend? Would a win tomorrow make up for Saturday's defeat to Harrogate? And what needs to change this week for the Blues to get back to winning ways? All the usual ways, 81400 is the number to text. Starting messages with the word express. You can email Pompey at expressfm.com, tweet using at expressfm, or find us over at facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. However... Before we start off with the conversation tonight, let's pan back to Saturday afternoon. Pompey went into their FA Cup second round tie with Harrogate Town off the back of nine unbeaten and six consecutive victories in all competitions. Andy Moon and Guy Wiskin provided a commentary here on Pompey Live. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shoot 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scored! This is... You wouldn't believe it! Pompey Live. It wasn't that long ago that Portsmouth's FA Cup record since the 2010 final was about as bad as it got. So things have improved since then, and if Pompey can overcome Harrogate today, and hopefully it would be today without the need of a replay, then they'll reach the FA Cup third round for the fourth consecutive year here we go then, Portsmouth against Harrogate Town. Jacobs turns away from a couple of challenges. Good run this from Jacobs. Jacobs, 40 yards out for Pompey, still going Jacobs. Brilliant from Jacobs, wonderful challenge, still there for Harrison, lays it off. Harness, great save, and it's behind for a corner. Harrison outside the area, finds Harness in the box. Harness cutting back on his right foot, then to his left, three to aim for Harness, pulls it back. A massive yellow shirt manages to scramble it clear for Harrogate it's still nil-nil back into the box it's there for a chance for Romeo and he's put it wide a really good opportunity here is Aziz can Pompey get one more of those breaks forward oh no they can't they've given it away Armstrong outside the box chance for Harrogate goal for Harrogate Luke Armstrong gets his 10th of the season he's curled it past Aziz and it's Sean Williams's mistake that's been punished by the League 2 side Portsmouth nil Harrogate 1 
Harrison nods it down. Aziz and Harrison almost getting in each other's way. Cries of handball. Jacobs outside the box. Lovely footwork from Jacobs. Shot blocked. Harrison. Goal. Equaliser. Flag stays down. And Portsmouth are only behind for a matter of two minutes. And it's a really fine finish from Ellis Harrison after great work from Michael Jacobs. Portsmouth one. Harrogate one. Volleyed forward. Raggett watching all. Raggett's misjudged it. Patterson's going to pick it up and make a bit of a mess. Good challenge from Ogilvy. And somehow he is penalised for that. Does Accrington get a fourth against Fleetwood? And Ogilvy has been booked for that challenge. And I I don't quite understand that. It looked a really good challenge and well-timed for me after a ragged mistake. And it's a free kick to Harrogate just outside the penalty area. All Raggett's been beaten and Armstrong's away. And Harrogate have got men over. If they can find them, there's real danger here. Armstrong to shoot, deflected, blocked by Brown, still there and drilled wide. What a chance for Harrogate to win it. Marcus has got it on the right wing for Pompey. Down by the corner of the penalty area, trying to take on Page. Being forced back inside, finds Aziz. Aziz is too slow, and Harrogate have got men over here, and there's real danger for Portsmouth. It's a two-on-one on Romeo. Romeo's going to come and commit himself. The ball is slightly behind. Here's the chance. It's there for Harrogate. No, Bazunu saves. Romeo loses it. Harrogate pick it up, and there's loads of yellow shirts forward. And Page brings it over halfway. And Page, he's got plenty to aim for. The cross is going to come in. There's three waiting. It must be in, and Harrogate have stolen it in the 94th minute. Harrogate are going to the third round of the FA Cup for the first time. And it's Jack Diamond who side puts it into the corner. They've wasted two glorious opportunities. They won't waste a third. It's Porter's one, Harrogate Town two. And that is it. And the final whistle has gone at Fratton Park. And frustrated boos are going to ring out because Portsmouth have been knocked out of the FA Cup in the second round by lead to Harrogate Town. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. The highlights there of Saturday's 2-1 defeat at home to Harrogate Town in the second round of the FA Cup. Let's take a look at some of the other results uh, across the FA Cup over the weekend. Then Rotherham United beat Stockport by a goal to nil on Friday night. Also Friday night, Charlton beat Gateshead 2-0 away from home on Saturday. Buxton uh, were defeated 1-0 by Morecambe in the early kickoff. AFC Wimbledon beat Cheltenham Town 4-3 at Plough Lane. Bristol Rovers 2, Sutton United 1, Burton Albion 1, Port Vale 2, Cambridge United 2, Exeter City 1, Carlisle 1, Shrewsbury Town 2, Doncaster 2, Mansfield Town 3. Ipswich nil, Barrow nil. That goes to a replay and some uh, interesting news coming out of Portman Road after that uh, result of the weekend. We'll come on to that in just a few moments' time. Leighton Orient 4, Tranmere Rovers nil, Lincoln nil, Hartlepool United 1, Warsaw 1, Swindon 2, Yeovil Town 1, Stevenage nil. On Sunday, Rochdale 1, Plymouth 2, Colchester 1, Wigan Athletic 2. And that has some uh, implications on Pompey's fixtures in January. Kidderminster 2, Halifax 0 and Salford City 0 Chesterfield 2 As a result of Wigan Athletics progression to the third round of the FA Cup, Pompey's league fixture against Valatics at Fraston Park on Saturday the 8th of January will be postponed. That is the weekend of the FA Cup third round so Wigan will be in uh, that competition on that weekend so that game will be rearranged to a Tuesday night somewhere in the near future. Okay, let's welcome in my two guests for this evening's discussion. Then, first of all, I am more than thrilled to welcome back into the studio Jeff Harris. Jeff, pleasure to see you, mate. Hi, Jake. Thanks for having me back on. And uh, joining us uh, over the phone lines this evening, it's been a very long time since we last last heard this voice, uh, Frankie Rudland. Frankie, good evening. Good evening. Yeah, too, too long. I've, I've been um, been on the Pompey podcast recently, so I'm making a comeback to, to the airwaves on all Pompey forums at the minute. Lovely stuff. Unfortunately, Frankie, um, despite Pompey's form of late, nine unbeaten, six consecutive victories, you join us on a show where we're talking about a defeat. And Saturday was, uh, well, it wasn't great, was it? It wasn't at all. And it was a bit of regression, to be honest, from, from a string of really good performances from Pompey. And it was a shame because it wasn't just the nature of the defeat and, and exiting the cup, it's the manner of how you do it. And it was just kind of that laboured, torrid performance that we'd seen from Portsmouth earlier on the season, you know, 
key mistakes, costing us goals, a lack of intensity, and just really moving throughout the motions for the whole match. So it was just a, a totally disappointing afternoon on so many levels for the Blues. Mm. And Jeff, we were chatting before we came off air in the office outside about Saturday's performance, and you know, from my personal opinion it kind of mirrored the same performance as the first first round against Harrow at Fratton Park, where Pompey didn't really come out of first gear, took their foot off the gas a little bit, and, OK, we got over the line against Harrow because, you know, no disrespect to them, they're a seventh-tier side in the same division as Gosport Borough. But, um, you know, we said post-game, if that had been against a, a slightly better team, Pompey would have lost that game. And I think we saw that on Saturday. Didn't really come out the blocks fighting, as we have done in the last, you know, six, seven, eight league matches. Therefore, we were we were defeated. Yeah, definitely. And I think if you look at the stats of of Harrogate, you know, they're seventh, six seventh in League Two. Um, they're good going forward. However, they they concede quite a lot of goals. That's that's why they are where they are. You know, if, if they if they shut up shop, they'll be higher up in League Two. However, you know, you, you put that in, in comparison to Portsmouth misfiring front four quartet. You know. You you could see why that performance was the way it was, um, but nevertheless, you know, Danny came out and said he's not making excuses for the illnesses and and everything else. But you can carry probably one, maybe two players at a push. What you can't do is carry four, maybe five players in, in a game of that magnitude of a cup run. Yeah, and uh, illness was certainly uh, an impact for Pompey out of the weekend, Frank. We know that Joe Morrell uh, and George Hurst were both out of the side due to uh, kind of recovering from an illness throughout the week. Joe Morrell was actually at Fratton Park, but I think he uh, was recovering a little bit late, still feeling the kind of lethargicness from uh, this supposed illness that's gone around the, the Pompey squad. Do you think that, that did play a part in the Blues' performance of the weekend? Yeah, hugely, hugely. And you've kind of got one, the illness to Morel, and two, another huge factor, um, which I'm sure you'd go on to talk about as well, of the injury to Thompson um, in the build-up. You you lose so much energy and dynamism there from those two players that it's just so hard to replace in that midfield. And I think that's what we talked about before, the lack of intensity that we saw from Portsmouth. You know, there's a, that's straight away two huge players from us that, that give us that in the middle of the park. So... You're then looking at Williams, who we saw him again regress after some good performances. He, he looked a lot more laboured. Again, the mistake just to look, looked a couple steps behind a, you know, Harrogate team that are really, really game and really up for it. And Aziz as well just seemed to drift through the match and, and not really stand much authority. So I think in the middle of the park, there was a huge, huge hole left by not only Morel but Thompson as well. You can't really argue with that, can you, Jeff? Joe Morrell, a huge miss for Pompey at the weekend. We'll come on to talk about uh, Louis Thompson in just a moment as well. But you know the impact of not having Joe Morrell within that, that that Pompey side, whether it's rotation or not in the FA Cup, it's clear to see that Joe Morrell is an integral part of his team. He definitely is. And, you know, I've said it numerous times this season that I think... Sean Williams is slowing the transition of the of the ball. I think he's a totally different player when Joe Morrell or Louis Thompson is next to him, um, because I think they get around the pitch. They, you know, they, they distribute the ball really well. They, they they do the running for Sean Williams, and you know, for all the will in the world, Sean Williams' mind is telling him to do something, but his legs quite aren't doing it. Um, and I don't think on Saturday, I don't think Williams. This is my opinion. Trust. Miguel Aziz in midfield with him, um, you know Aziz is, uh, you know he's a he wants to be that creative player. He wants to get on the ball. However, you have got to earn the right to get on the ball and and and, and play to your style. Um, and you look to the build up for for Harrogate's first goal. For me, Aziz shouldn't have played that ball. Yes, it was Williams' mistake, but if that's Joe Morrell, Joe Morrell. Will, will travel 20 yards up the field with that ball driving at the players whereas Aziz is looking to offload it and then make a run he could have easily travelled up the field Yeah, You mentioned as well Frankie that Louis Thompson is uh, set to be missing uh, for the next three to four weeks as revealed by Danny Cowley to the local press uh, this afternoon a huge blow for Pompey we'll talk about Joe Morrell but Louis Thompson as you you know, quite rightfully mentioned in recent weeks coming into this Pompey squad and, and really showing the supporters that he may not have been kind of in consideration to be starting week in, week out, certainly at the start of the season. But considering recent form, Louis Thompson, again, has been one of the <coughs> integral members of his squad lately. 
he has been, and it's it's disappointing on so many levels. Not not only just for Louis Thompson himself. You know, I, I thought that every single week, every time he saw him, he was getting better. He was getting sharper. You know, that comes from a player that obviously hasn't played an awful lot of football for for the amount of for well for his age and for the amount of clubs he's he's kind of been around as well. So it's a real shame for him to have that progress stunted. And again, it will probably take him a little bit of time to to regain that match fitness and get back up to speed. Um, when he's back in three or four weeks' time. Um, but again, it just shows, it, it all comes back for me to, to kind of Pompey's transfer strategy. It was always a risk, always a risk taken on Thompson. And then you, you look at Williams again, a, a player that, that looked fatigued on Saturday. And it just shows you how quickly, you know, with, with illness or, or the odd injury, how quickly we're just stripped back to the bare bones again. Um, and really, you know, said Jeff said four or five players were being carried on Saturday. And that's because realistically, you know, there's there's a lot of dead weight still in this squad, in my opinion. Mm. And uh, injury and illness certainly impacting this Pompey squad, Jeff. You, you talk about Joe Morrell and George Hurst and now Louis Thompson. You had that on to the already injured Ryan Tunnicliffe, Clark Robertson, the, the, name, the named captain at the start of the season, the, 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 you know, the centre-back, which now Sean Raggett has adopted. And you know, Conor Ogilvy's had to fit in that position. Naturally, a left-back can play left-sided centre-back, I know, but... Pompey are, you know, kind of stripped down to the bare bones at the moment. And does this indicate to you that January needs to be a pretty solid transfer window? Uh, it's I, certainly more solid than it has been in recent years. Yeah, but we say that, and and again, Danny has said judge him on free windows. But I think the only way he's going to be able to bring new players in is if the club pay off people's contracts and also they send back a couple of those loan players um, the problem being with, with paying off players that, that money comes out of your first team budget so unless the board are going to replace that money um, or some you know mutual agreement can be can be um, agreed you know I, I, I struggle to see is Danny Cowley going to be backed fully I think realistically we're probably looking at two players maybe three coming in Fair enough. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Frankie. We'll be back in just a few moments' time here on the Football Hour. But after the break, we'll hear what Danny Carley had to say after the final whistle on Saturday afternoon. And he didn't hold back on his side's performance. It's very tough for us at the moment. We've got so few players available to us. I mean, we've had illness in the group all week. Joe Morrell didn't make it, nor did George Hurst. George just pulled out this morning, just not well enough. We've had a number of them that have been ill, and it's tough because there's a lot that underperformed today, but um, I'm not too keen to give people excuses on bad performances, if I'm honest. Don't go anywhere and join us again here on Express FM. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back to the Football Hour here on Express FM, brought to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South. You join us on this Monday evening, myself, Jake Smith, Jeff Harris and Frankie Rudland on hand until 7 o'clock tonight to review all of the action from Saturday's 2-1 defeat at home to Harrogate Town in the FA Cup second round at Fratton Park. And an email here from Dave Byrne. Good evening to you, Dave. Thanks for getting in touch. I had us conceding two goals in my forecast against Harrogate, but was, of course, expecting us to score three of our own and go through. It is therefore disappointing to not to be in the third round, surely a minimum objective for Portsmouth Football Club as a League One outfit. Having said that, tomorrow against Sheffield Wednesday is more important and we need to find it in us to gain another nine points from the next three winnable matches to avoid the cup upset denting the momentum that had been built in our league campaign. It's all about players, so fingers crossed we have the players fit and available to field what we know to be our most effective team against Sheffield Wednesday. I'll go for a nervy 2-1 win as my prediction tomorrow. Thank you to Dave and Liz for getting in touch with the show this evening. Um, Jeff, going to come back to you first of all, Miss part of the show. Dave, and, on, on the emails there, disappointed, obviously, not to be in the third round of the FA Cup. Defeated by Harrogate Town. I wouldn't say it's been biggest cup upset in the world the cup upset nonetheless when you take into consideration the kind of league positions of both sides but getting to the third round of the FA Cup yes league matters are the kind of bread and butter for Pompey this season whether it's a transition season or a promotion season that's kind of yet to be determined but the potential the carrot for a big away day in the third round of the FA Cup that is something that Pompey fans are going to be bitterly bitterly frustrated to miss out on yeah, definitely. And, you know, the 
if you can make it to the third round and get a, a nice plum draw, you're then banking on maybe getting a, a t on TV and, and then getting broadcast money from that. So so it's more money in, into the transfer kitty in that sense. Um, you know, for a, a, a club, the statue of Portsmouth, I totally agree. You know, third round of the FA Cup, second round probably of the League Cup, um, the knockout stages of the EFL Trophy and the playoffs as a minimum is, is what you would expect from, from a team like Portsmouth. Uh, and all teams of, of that size in League One, don't get me wrong. It, given the injuries that we've got, and, and we've talked about it numerous times, and numerous people have mentioned this, about the depth of the players we've got, actually, it's probably... You look at it in a pragmatic way and go, do you know what? We can concentrate on the league. And I know that's a cliche, and I don't like using that. Um, but if your ultimate aim is to get promotion out of League One, then you need to make the playoffs, and that's where you need to focus in on. Yeah. Is that a fair assessment, Frankie? It, you know, as Jeff right, rightfully said there, you know, the, the main aim this season is League One, and yes, we can now focus kind of solely on that now we are out, out of the FA Cup, but you do have to back that up now with actually going far in League One. You can't kind of say, yeah, you know, we're going to focus on league matters and then not achieve that ambition. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think Jeff's spot on. I think under normal circumstances, the cliche of, oh, we'll focus on the league. You know, it's just licking your wounds a little bit. But this season, I think it, it's a genuine cliche that can be applied to Pompey because realistically, like we've said, the the squad is bare in patches. And, you know, we've been playing for half the season without, you know, let's say a club captain that started the season, a really important central midfielder. And now injuries mounting up on top of that as well. So in hindsight, probably is for the best that, that we're in fewer competitions until we can get those bodies in that, that kind of make us more competitive across a, a vast, more vast amount of fixtures. Um, but like you say, that has to be backed up now with, with a good performance tomorrow night because mm. what determines whether that was just a slip-up in the cup, a loss of concentration, or whether that's just indicative of a team that's bouncing between good and poor results just because of the cold, hard fact that perhaps we're not where we need to be is very much defined by what we do in the next few weeks. And, and that starts tomorrow with a huge, huge game against Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. Now, the last FA Cup game we were talking about in the first part of the show, Jeff, was that 1-0 victory over Harrow Borough at Frasson Park. And, you know, that wasn't the greatest of, of performances that Pompey have had this season, but that was followed up by eight more games without defeat. And then, of course, for six uh, consecutive victories uh, before Saturday's 2-1 defeat to Harrogate Town. Are you confident that despite defeat on Saturday in the FA Cup, Pompey can now kick on and and kind of back it up with performances and, and hopefully results against Sheffield Wednesday, Morecambe, Wimbledon. I, I, I think so, because yes, it is going to be tough tomorrow night and Sheffield Wednesday got their own injury problems. I was reading earlier that they may, may be without six players themselves. But, you know, Saturday we had our number one goalkeeper and our, you know, starting defenders, if, if that makes sense. I just think they were lit down in midfield and we had no outlet in that attacking quartet, as, as we said earlier. I, f I fully expect that if Morales is fit, Hurst is fit, they will be both back in the starting eleven. Curtis will be starting, Brown will be starting. So you could argue, yes, we, we, we lost on Saturday, but our league form is still intact. And the majority of that team that has helped sustain that league form will be back in action, hopefully, tomorrow night. Yeah. Uh, Gav Jones on the emails. Good evening, gents. I'm not sure how you guys feel about it, but from what I was watching, it just seemed like the players thought they could just turn up and the game was already won. Much the same as the approach they took against Harrow in the earlier round. The most frustrating thing was sitting there watching them trying to walk the ball into the net when there was plenty of opportunities to shoot. I don't think I've ever heard the supporters screaming shoot so much during one game in my life. I really hope we've got a few players to come back for tomorrow night's game with Sheffield Wednesday, most notably Joe Morrell. He seems to make us tick. Stay safe and take care, fellas. Gav Jones, thank you for your email this evening. Gavin, yeah, again, kind of reflecting upon that email, Frankie Pompey on Saturday, as disappointing as it was to lose, as disappointing as the kind of overall performance was, they had their chances, but just, just didn't take didn't take them at all, did they? No, they didn't. And, and actually, if you look back over the past few weeks, it's been something that Pompey have been guilty of in, in more than just this fixture. Against Wimbledon, we had some unbelievable early chances before we gave away the penalty and went 1-0 down. 
whether it was penny or not, that's that's obviously a different matter. Against Lincoln, the same before you know Harness got us ahead just before the break, we had so many chances to take the lead, and unfortunately, you know, on a game like City, it's not always going to go your way. The, the last couple of fixtures when we have spurned those golden opportunities, luckily we've had enough to carry us through them, either by luck or by by a bit of quality. Um, but unfortunately, you know, it's not always going to go your way. And we miss some glorious chances. A harness one springs to mind, you know. All he has to do is hard across the keeper and he continues his, his scoring run. Put it straight, you know, our top scorer puts it straight at the keeper. And, and from then on, you know, it's, it's just much the same story. Harrison took his chance well, but but like you say, you get an early goal and perhaps it does change the game regardless of, of whether we up the performance level or not. You just know as well, Jeff. The, the third round of the FA Cup is drawn this evening. You know that Harrogate are going to get Anfield. They're going to get that Liverpool away day, aren't they? They're going to get Man City, Man United. It's, it's, it's going to happen. But Pompey have enjoyed cup runs over the last couple of years. We've had great memories away to Norwich, away to QPR, etc. But we've just, you know, been longing, longing for that big, big Premier League away day. And you know the Harrogate are going to get it. Well, maybe so, but you know. The game's gone. We've got to look forward to to Sheffield Wednesday now, and and you know, good luck to them if they get an away day at Man City, Liverpool, Man United, you know, Chelsea. Fair play to them; they thoroughly deserve it. You know, they've come up from from National League into League Two. They're doing well in League Two, and and all credit to them for getting the result on Saturday. Harrogate Town, of course, promoted to League Two and into the Football League uh, for the first time in their history uh, in 2020. They've been around since 1914, so quite a while, Harrogate Town. And by beating Pompey on Saturday, made it through to the third round of the FA Cup for the first time in their history. So that's, I think that's it in terms of us discussing that game. Pompey are out of the Cup. Harrogate Town are through to the third round. Fair play to them. Enjoy it. And, uh, you know, that, that is it's, it's essentially what the FA Cup's all about, isn't it, Frankie? A, a, a team and a, and a club of Harrogate's structure to make it through to the third round of the Cup after the kind of years they've had in non-league. It's a great story for them. And and, hope, and hopefully they do get that bigger Premier League away day. Yeah, genuinely, really hope they do. And, you know, even when you see the fans, obviously, going nuts when they, when they nick a last-minute winner, like, as much as it hurts, at the same time, genuinely have no bitterness against fans or club. Wish that I hope and wish that they get the big fixture they deserve because the FA Cup is synonymous with with fairy tale stories like Harrogate's and and like Simon Weaver's, um, like Danny Cowley for example at Lincoln. It's, it's the kind of story that just goes hand in hand with the FA Cup. So to see them go on a bit of a run or perhaps get a big team, perhaps even reverse the tie if they can hold on or or nick a win would would be great. Frankie, Jeff, thank you very much. Uh, before we do come back to you guys and before we do get some more messages read out here on the Football Hour, we're going to hear the post-match thoughts of Blues head coach Danny Cowley. He caught up with Ollie Marsh on the touchline at Fratton Park after the full-time whistle on a Saturday afternoon. Danny, heartbreak in the FA Cup. Just sum up your immediate thoughts after that one. Yeah, we're bitterly disappointed. Um, I thought if we're honest, we got what we deserved. Um, credit to Harrogate. I thought they were... Um, humble. Um, I thought they fought. They showed togetherness and spirit, and it was a real underdog performance, and and thoroughly deserved for us. We've had a difficult week, um, and yeah, that was a really disappointing performance today. In terms of the two goals that you conceded, do you look at those as being sort of particularly avoidable? Yeah, definitely. The first goal, we knew what their strengths were. That they are um, high energy put a lot of front, frontal pressure on um, for us not to take too many risks in our own half because a lot of their chances come from turnover and, and, and scoring and, and, and that was the first goal and the second goal we were trying to win um, it's very tough for us at the moment we've got so, so few players available to us I mean we've had illness in the group all week um, obviously Joe Morrell couldn't didn't make it and nodded George Hurst George just pulled out this morning just not well enough we've had a number of them that have been ill and it's tough because yeah it was a lot that underperformed today maybe maybe that was the reason I don't know but um, I'm not I'm not too keen to give people excuses on bad performances if I'm honest yeah as you say no excuses but how does it affect things when you just don't have that depth in the squad oh, massively you know we had our hands tied today you know you look at look at Willow he's 
looked dead on his feet. He's just played so many more games than what we anticipated. And we've, we've literally only had two centre midfielders in the, in the senior squad. Um, and that's where we're at. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's, been, it's been incredibly tough. Um, but like I said, up to today, I thought we found the solutions today. No, I thought we were well short. Yeah, as you say, it's, it's been a, a long unbeaten run that you've been on that came to a close today. Next week, you've got two home games. Is this going to be one that you can put to bed fairly quickly and move on from? Well, like, listen, we have to feel the pain. This is the FA Cup. We're a proud club. And I thought they'd come here with, a, with an energy, with a real fizz. Um, really looking forward to playing at Fratton Park. Um, yeah. and, I, and I was um, disappointed with us. You could tell... Jeff, very, very dejected, very disappointed Danny Carley on Saturday afternoon and you can't, you cannot accuse Danny Carley of, of not taking the competition seriously, can you? Because it's still a very good strong, uh, squad that he put out and I know a lot of that is largely down to the kind of squad size that Pompey's got anyway, but a man who loves the FA Cup it is a competition made for a football manager of his kind of capability, his mentality it, you know, he just loves football in general. And yeah. I was saying yesterday, you know, Danny wears his heart on his sleeve, so does Nicky. Um, and, and yeah, he, he seems crestfallen, he's dejected. You know, for, for the Cowleys to come from their background on non-league football, the FA Cup meant a lot to them. Especially, you know, when they worked their way up the leagues, they got to Lincoln, they had that success at Lincoln as well. I, th I think it brings back really good memories for them in, in, their, in their careers. So to go out in the way they did yesterday in such an abject, you know, tub grid manner yeah. w was... It just goes against their hard-working ethic and everything else. Yeah. Uh, some hard work and uh, determination from a few other managers in League One. Not quite been uh, rewarded, however. In the last week, there have been two managerial casualties. Uh, first of all, Doncaster Rovers boss Richie Wellens was relieved of his duties at the Keep Moat Stadium with Donny in 23rd in the league and six points behind safety. They've not won in quite a while, Doncaster Rovers. Uh, yeah, they are not doing well, certainly underachieving this season and uh, really on a downward plight, Frankie, since uh, since Darren Moore left. Yeah, obviously, coincidentally, Darren Moore, you know, who we're facing tomorrow night, but it's it's been a torrid, torrid season and they've been absolute whipping boys. So, you know, to see the departure, it's certainly not a surprising one. And, you know, perhaps you would even think the only surprising thing about it is it hasn't come sooner yeah. to be quite frank and honest not the only departure this week jeff no on saturday afternoon ipswich uh, were held to a goalless draw in the fa cup second round to barrow league two barrow uh, of course ipswich are 11th in league one they've picked up a bit of form recently of course they started the season very poorly and were in the relegation zone at one stage they are now 11th and actually actually only five points behind pompey but nonetheless paul cook has been sacked at yeah, Road. you know Ipswich has spent quite a lot of money i think 19 players came in they probably had a bigger turnover than obviously what we had and and it's quite ironic how Wigan under Liam Richardson are doing really, really well. Um, and, and it just goes to show that maybe it's not the manager that you think gets all the credit. Maybe it's the backroom staff, the coaching and, and everything else. Um, you know, it could just be coincidental that Paul Cook, since Liam Richardson has obviously gone out on his own and, and Gary Robson was his assistant, that it hasn't quite worked. But that's... You know, to use a Paul Cook phrase, that's football. <laughs> you know... Buying players and spending money doesn't necessarily bring you success. No, no I think that is very important to remember. Um, Frankie, of, of course, Paul Cook leaving Portman Road and a lot of fond memories of Paul Cook down here at Fratton Park. And actually, on the subject of, of Paul Cook, and uh, as Jeff mentioned there, Liam Richardson, that's not really a debate for us because, you know, we're a Pompey chat show, not a, not a Wigan or an Ips Ipswich chat show. However, I think while we're here, I think we've got to give a lot of credit to Liam Richardson not just for his performances at Wigan this season, but for essentially saving Charlie White's life just over a week ago. Of course, uh, Charlie White, the uh, 
Wigan forwards unfortunately collapsed during training and uh, Liam Richardson had to, had to perform CPR on Charlie Wyke who then was transferred to hospital. He's now been discharged. He's uh, recovering well. He's, he's fine. Uh, but yeah, Liam Richardson is quite literally a lifesaver. So yeah, absolutely fair play to him. Yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? And you know, in a moment like that, I would say so many people would probably just freeze and not know how to react or not react quick enough. So, you know, it's a, it's a sign of, of what a man he is to, to kind of go over and, you know, know what to do instantly and, and literally save save his life. Mm. Um, unfortunately, we've seen a couple of instances and we with similar similar incidents to, to Charlie Wyke. Um, and you can just hope with, you know, this will be the kind of last one before more is done and, well, I know I know plenty is being done at the minute to try and look into it and to protect players, but you know it is becoming more frequent and it is becoming a more worrying topic. So you know, you can only hope that you know a lot of effort is put into protecting players and, and trying to get to the root cause of, of, of what is causing this to happen to professional fit athletes. Shows the importance as well, Jeff, of just just basic first aid training kind of being made available to, to everyone involved at a football club. I know as a manager, you've kind of got that duty of care for your players anyway, but it, you know it's great to see that Liam Richardson had the training and, and clearly the experience to be there and actually you know capable of, of, of performing what he did on Charlie White to ensure that he essentially saved his life. And that goes to show the importance of, of basic first aid training within football clubs up and down the country, no matter who you are. Yeah, definitely. You know, I've been in that situation, albeit in a in a military capacity in, in you know various countries around the world. And when you're in that situation for real life, you, you do you do panic somewhat. Um, but your training your training kicks in, and and you do what you need to do. And unfortunately, I believe Wigan and the backroom staff had some training two or three weeks before that. So you know, it's instinctive. It's that you know someone's in trouble, and you, and you go to help. Yeah. Okay, Jeff, Frankie, we'll be back with you in just a few moments' time. Thank you. Do hold tight. Don't go anywhere. Uh, stay where you are back home as well. Join us again here on the Football Hour in just a few moments. For the third and final part of the show, you have just under 20 minutes to get your final text tweets and emails into the panel. Text your name and message, starting with the word express to 81400. Email Pompey at expressfm.com. Use at expressfm if you're on Twitter or on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. To include your score predictions for tomorrow night's game as well. Myself, Jeff and Frankie will be back shortly. Stick with us here on Express FM. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back for the third and final time tonight to the Football Hour here on Express FM. Brought to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South. We come to the time of the evening where we start to look ahead to Pompey's next fixture. Sheffield Wednesday are the visitors to Fratton Park for match day number 21 in the league for the Blues. Let's get to some more text tweets and emails now then. Stephen Jerome Good evening lads. Not one of the best performances from us on Saturday. It has to be said. I thought we should have done better for both goals. We were too casual in possession and Happer Ball stole from us too easily for their first and I feel we didn't really defend well enough for the second. I think Harrogate uh, did just edge it and were slightly the better team on the day and we deserved the victory in the end but we shouldn't forget what a great run we have been on up until Saturday's Cup defeat. We had gone nine games unbeaten in all competitions and had won six games on the bounce. It's a shame we didn't progress to the third round. It would have been nice to have a chance to draw one of the Premier League's big teams. But a positive we can take is at least we can now focus more on the league. Hopefully we can bounce back and keep our unbeaten league run going with a good result against Sheffield Wednesday tomorrow night. Keep the faith, play up Pompey. Stephen Salsey, thank you for getting in touch. And one more here from Graham Wilkins. Hi Jake, hi to all the lads. Uh, well, that was a game as harrowing as the first tie, even though we won that one. At least this didn't go to a replay which would have been uh, one more game not required on an artificial surface uh, hope Harrogate get a home tie against Leeds as they deserve it hopefully Tuesday night the Blues will be back on form with a stronger team and a win against Wednesday will banish any woes from Saturday night under the, under the floodlights and like always the crowd will be up for it hopefully the weather will be kind to us too thank you Graham Wilkins on the emails however Harrogate no longer have an artificial surface. As per the Football League rules, when they were promoted a couple of years back, they did have to relay their turf. They actually spent, I think, about a quarter of a season last season playing at the Keepmoat Stadium whilst they had that done. And the same, uh, of course, happened to Sutton United this year when they came up from the National League. Now, uh, an all-grass pitch at Gander Green Lane. But still some very good points made with the email, Graham. Thank you for getting in touch as 
always. Okay, we'll come to a few more of those shortly, and we'll also bring Jeff and Frankie back into the conversation too. But first, we've got our very own Mason Jordan here to dive a little deeper into this week's opposition. Here is all you need to know about Sheffield Wednesday. Pompey's long unbeaten run came to a crashing end at the weekend as they were dumped out the FA Cup. But there's no time to dwell as League One football returns to PO4 this midweek. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. Up next for Danny Cowley's side is Sheffield Wednesday, who make the long journey down from South Yorkshire for match date number 21 in the league. Let's take a wonder into the side who the Blues haven't come up against since 2003. Manager. The last time these two sides met, Harry Redknapp was in charge of Pompey and Chris Turner was in the dugout for Wednesday, who claimed a 2-1 victory at Fratton Park to delay the Blues' promotion to the Premier League party. Nowadays, the Owls are led by former Portsmouth defender Darren Moore, who spent two years on the South Coast between 1999 and 2001. The 47-year-old came into management as recently as 2018, taking charge of a sinking ship at West Bromwich Albion who were relegated from the top flight that same year despite Moore's best efforts to keep them up. In May of 2018, despite the club's relegation to the championship, Moore was given the job on a permanent basis, having only initially signed a temporary deal following the dismissal of Alan Pardew a month prior. He left the Hawthorns with club fourth in the second tier, but following a string of poor results on home soil and went on to manage Doncaster Rovers for almost two seasons, controversially jumping ship to championship strugglers and arguably already doomed Sheffield Wednesday, where more remains. Since taking the reins at Hillsborough in March, Darren Moore has won 14 of 41 matches, losing 12 and drawing 15. One to watch. Keep an eye out this weekend for Queen's Park Rangers' loney Olamide Shadipo. You may remember that name from last season. The now 24-year-old was on loan at Oxford United during the 2021 campaign, scoring 10 goals from 39 appearances at the Kassam Stadium. Shadipo, who was born in Lakeslip Island, has represented his country at youth level for both the under-19s and under-21 setups, scoring once in seven appearances overall. So far this season, the winger has scored once. Top scorer. Veteran Football League striker Lee Gregory is currently Sheffield Wednesday's leading goal scorer in the league. The 33-year-old former Millwall and Stoke City forward has netted seven League One goals since he signed from Stoke in the summer. Gregory, who scored three goals from 11 appearances on loan at Derby County last season, last scored on November the 23rd in a 2-1 win over MK Dons. He also hails from Sheffield, however, was part of the youth setup at bitter rivals Sheffield United between 2000 and 2003 when he turned pro in 2009. Current form. In the league, the Owls are currently unbeaten in 10 matches, recording four wins and six draws since they last lost back on the 2nd of October. That a 2-1 defeat at home to Oxford United. They did, however, lose their most recent fixture. Darren Moore's side were knocked out of the EFL Trophy last week with Hartlepool United triumphing by three goals to nil at Hillsborough. Wednesday weren't in action at the weekend either as they were knocked out of the first round of the FA Cup. Albeit taking Plymouth Argyle to a replay, they lost 3-0. Can Danny Cowley return the Blues to winning ways or will Sheffield Wednesday make it 11 league games unbeaten? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. Thank you to Mason Jordan there for providing a closer look at tomorrow night's opponents, Sheffield Wednesday, who make the long journey down to Fratton Park for football under the Fratton floodlights. And Jeff Harris, you can't beat a bit of floodlit uh, football at Fratton Park. You can't, but... Our record on, live on Sky is equally as abysmal, isn't it? Um, oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's a great, it's a great atmosphere under the lights, and 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 the fans will be up for it. And you know, again, I've said it this season: the the, the players have got a duty to get the fans on the feet, and the fans have got a duty to get the players fired up. And and I, I think you know, D Danny and Nicky won't allow 
second best and they won't allow another performance like Saturday to happen on, on tomorrow night. No. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday, tomorrow's opponents, Frankie has heard from Mason just there. Pompey haven't come up against since 2003. The promotion season to the Premier League for Pompey. The last game was a 2-1 defeat at Fratton Park on a, a night where the Blues could have been promoted but they had to wait an extra week um, due to that defeat to Sheffield Wednesday. That was the last time the two sides played. However, Sheffield Wednesday, another one of the big kind of teams coming down from a championship. You look at Ipswich, you look at Sunderland, Pompey as well. You could you know, add to the mix of big sides in this division who are you know, really struggling to actually get out of it. Yeah, exactly. And I think it, it, it proves a couple of points, really. It shows how much of a failure it was to have not escaped the division under Kenny Jacket because every single year it's got continually stronger with another huge huge team dropping down into the division and it also shows that you know Cowleys they do deserve a little bit of slack in terms of they're in they're in a highly competitive division I mean you look across Sheffield Wednesday's team and there's probably you know seven or eight players that have never played below championship football in their careers you know it's a team packed with with quality and that's the kind of standard you're up against now in, in League One you know Barry Bannon was one of the best players in the championship two three years ago mm. Now, now he's in League One. It just shows you, you know, how competitive the Championship is, and, and that's filtering down into the into League One and League Two as well. Yeah. Uh, someone who's recently signed for Sheffield Wednesday, Jeff, is Nathaniel Mendes Lang. Once of uh, Pompey's books, quite quite a long time ago. Now he's since been at Cardiff, struggled to find his feet at, at any club for the last kind of three or four seasons now. But being a former Pompey player, you just nobody's going to turn up tomorrow night. Yeah, he's done it a couple of times. You know, I remember when he when he went back. I think it was Peterborough. He went back to, it. but he's had these off field, off field problems. And you know, I was I was chatting over the weekend, and and it seems like Sheffield Wednesday have been able to go out and and sign some quality free transfers even after the window had shut. Mm-hmm. Um, and it and it just shows you where we are as a club when Danny Cowley turns around and says we won't be, given our injuries, we won't be looking at signing any free transfers outside of the window. And I, I think that's just down to finances. And you look at what Sheffield Wednesday, they, you know, that Darren Moore is being backed. Um, and I've, again, it's for them, if they, if they don't make the automatics, I think they will see that as a failure. I, I think they're odds-on to definitely get playoffs at, at least. And Yeah, they're going for a, a, a blip of form and Darren Moore was saying the other day, you know, he's cancelling all their time off, he's going to work on the training ground and get to the bottom of it. So, knowing Darren Moore, we know what he's like from his character when he played at Portsmouth and obviously the, the good work he's done in various coaching roles, managerial roles, he will leave no stone unturned and, and it will be it will be a right game tomorrow night and we've got to be at it straight from the first minute. Yeah. Uh, taking a look at Sheffield Wednesday's squad, Frankie, you've got the likes of Bailey Peacock-Farrell yeah. in goal on loan from Burnley, you've got Lewis Gibson on loan from Everton, Dominic Iorfa, uh, Otomide Shadipo on loan from Queen's Park Rangers, Lee Gregory, a uh, veteran Football League striker, again as mentioned by Mason Jordan there, Barry Bannon, Jeffson alluded to there, Josh Windass, uh, Callum Patterson, George Byers, uh, George Byers, <laughs> Nathaniel Mendes-Lang, Massimo Luongo, Saido Berahino. Saido Berahino's in League One, Frankie. How's that happened? Yeah, I know. And it, it just shows you as well, like like Jeff was talking about, the budget. You know, these players are going to be on some serious money coming down from the Championship as well. And the fact that they're still prepared to go out as a club and invest in further, in further free transfers to kind of patch over their own injury crisis just shows you how competitive, again, it is financially in, in the league this season and, and how much Pompey are up against it. But like you say, the squad is just littered, littered with players that, OK, perhaps they might not have had the best one or two seasons, but under Darren Moore, there's so much quality there that he can just get them playing again. Yeah. They could be a serious, serious force in this division. And I agree, anything less than automatics with the team they have on paper is a failure. From a Pompey perspective, then tomorrow, then Jeff looking to get back to winning ways, looking to try and close the, back, the gap on the, the top six in League One. What's got to change from Saturday's defeat to Harrogate? From a personnel standpoint, if we're talking about personnel changes to the starting eleven, taken into consideration the team that lined up on Saturday, what needs to change, in your opinion? Morel needs to come back in. Um, I think Hurst needs to start up, up top. He needs to be that physical presence up top. We know, like, like, as I said earlier, and as 
it's going to be a physical game. We know we're going to be in a game, so the players need to be at it straight away. So you need to put your your physical, technical players out there. You need the likes of Ronan Curtis on the pitch. You need Lee Brown. You need Hurst. You need Morel. You know, you, you need those combative-type players first and foremost. Earn the right to play. And then let your more technical players do what they do best. You know, harness Romeo down the right-hand side. I, again, I've said it again this season where I think in previous seasons our left side was our strongest side. This season I actually think there's a good case for our right side being our strongest side this season, the way Harness and Romeo link up down that, that right channel. Yeah, A couple more uh, text tweets and emails to read out before we do leave you then tonight. Carol and Haling ask, why is it Pompey of so many injured players? Are they injury prone before they're signed? If so, why are they signed to Pompey in the first place? Carol from Haling Island. Carol, I wish I had the answer to your question. Unfortunately, I don't. Uh, Mockers on Twitter says, Miguel looked ill as he's in midfield on, on Saturday. Sadly, it hasn't worked out for him and Gassan, unfortunately. The midfield was overrun. Uh, Joe, Morel and Louis Thompson were badly missed. We have too many players plagued by injury. Player Pompey Mockers on Twitter. And that is the final one I'm going to read out tonight. Jeff Harris, I'm going to ask you for a very quick score prediction. Pompey against Sheffield Wednesday tomorrow night. How I do you see this one going? I think we've got the typical Pompey theme for win 2-1. Take that all day long. Frankie Rudland, what are you going for, my friend? I was going to go with 2-1, but I'll never match the score because that's just boring, isn't it? So I'll go I'll go for 3-1. I reckon Ronan Curtis is going to have an absolute blind tomorrow night. Get under the skin. Classic under the lights. Cool. OK. I've not actually thought about this yet. Normally I've got one by now. <laughs> I'm going to go for a... I don't want to be... Ne- I don't want to be pessimistic. I'm going to go for a 1-0 Pompey win. Get, 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 get the job over, over the line. Uh, Jeff Harris, thank you ever so much for joining me tonight. Always a pleasure. It'd be great to see you, my friend. Uh, Frankie Rudland, it's been great to hear from you. Uh, hopefully, we won't leave it too long uh, until your next appearance, like we did last time. Absolute pleasure, no. Definitely. Okay, uh, once again, a big thank you to both Jeff Harris and Frankie Rudland for joining us on the show this evening. Okay, well, midweek football returns to Fratton Park this week. The Blues are at home to Sheffield Wednesday tomorrow night, looking to get back to winning ways after Saturday's horror show at home to Harrogate Town in the FA Cup. Just a couple of points away from the top six, three points tomorrow would do the world of good. You can join myself, Robbie James and Jay Sadler live from Fratton Park tomorrow from 7pm. All the unmissable action. This is Pompey Live. Pompey's unbeaten run came to an end in the FA Cup on Saturday. The cross is going to come in. There's three waiting. It must be in. And Harrogate have stolen it. Portsmouth have been knocked out of the FA Cup. So it's time to turn all attention to the league as the Blues find themselves back in action taking on Sheffield Wednesday at Fratton Park. Join us for all of the unmissable action Tuesday night from 7. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Do join us for the, for that one to see if Pompey can return to winning ways. Really pleased to have the Pompey women's head coach, Jay Sadler, joining us live from PO4 with all of the build-up, half-time analysis and post-game reaction of Pompey against Sheffield Wednesday, of course. Andy Moon and Guy Whittingham from BBC Radio Solent providing the commentary throughout the match as well. Stick with us here on Express FM tonight. After the news at 7, we've got the soft rock show with Jeff and Aid. We've got the latest by club no saviors and tarasca as well including music from this week in history and classic album cuts from you too kevin stokes is back from 9 through to 11 with that 80 show and then from 11 through to the early hours of tomorrow morning relax with the express wind down nothing but the most chilling songs all night long nicola lashley is back tomorrow morning from 6 30 with express breakfast playing the express rewind at 9 a.m and uh, opening door number seven of the express fm advent giveaway uh, from 10 through till 1, we've got Express Christmas. Nothing but great Christmas songs all morning, which is when Ian James takes over from 1 through till 4. Mason Jordan from 4 through till 6. And then he's also back from 6 through till 7 with greatest Christmas hits. Do join us again tomorrow on Pompey Live. Until then, Pompey fans, have a great evening. Have a safe week and take care. Good night. <laughs>